0: friend. Thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church podcast. It's our messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. We're going to go to God's Word this morning. We're in this series called 10. We're looking at what the Ten Commandments have to tell us about God. Sometimes we look at the Ten Commandments simply as a list of rules so that God will love us if we keep them perfectly. And that wasn't the purpose of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments were originally given to a number of slaves, about 2 million of them, that God brought out of Egypt and he said, this is the way I want to show my love to you is by ordering a civil society and here's the way I want you to live. But these still have import to us. They have significance to us. So we're going to look about, look at that in the book of Exodus chapter 20. Thank you for those of you that can't be with us. Thank you for coming together around God's word. Let me read this verse, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's it. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to listen well. In Jesus' name, amen. We were reflecting as a staff, as a team, over the course of the last year, things that we've been through. Some of the things that we've been through, like on Christmas Eve last year, not this, not 23, but 22, we had a bunch of pipes burst and we experienced flooding and we had our student and children's wings closed down for months. Our teams were so great to get through all of that and we got repaired and restored. Anybody else, is like you had some bursted pipes last week or a few weeks ago? All good, awesome. Well, I pray that as you come through that, you're all whole and well. Um, I've had experiences in my life of busted pipes and stuff. I was thinking back to when I was a bachelor living in the parsonage. And uh, yeah, somebody groaned on the front row because they remember what that house was like. And I was a bachelor. So my housekeeping skills were like a bachelor. Uh, It wasn't always as good as it could have been. But I remember one particular day coming through the front door and and i Man, as soon as I opened the door, the stench hit me. And, you know, I wasn't, like I said, aromas in a bachelor's pad, that kind of come and go. But this one, like, hit me like, shall we say, a Mack truck. I'm like, wow, what is that? Oh. So I'm running around the house. What and what is that? And I didn't see anything out of order. I thought, well, maybe something in the basement. I started making my way down the steps. And the closer I got to the basement, the worse it was. And then I got to the basement level and saw there was a foot of raw sewage in my basement. Exactly. (laughs) So it was late at night. I'm thinking, okay, how do I go to sleep knowing that there's a foot of raw sewage in my basement? But I did. I went to sleep. And the next day I got up and the water had drained, but in its place was about six inches of, you know what, just black sludge and my friend Scott heard about it he's a fireman and he's seen a lot of things he he said I heard about what happened to you and he came over with some muck buckets and bleach and squeegees and he met me at the front door he's standing there and I go dude it's really bad he said I know but we can do this I tell you what that's when you know who your friends are you know (laughs) So he came down there and we cleaned it up and I was so grateful, but I was thinking about that and thinking about you and me and this world that we're living in and how that in the beginning, God created a beautiful place, uh, as it were, a beautiful house for our first parents, Adam and Eve, but they rebelled and they sinned against God. And as a result, the Bible tells us that sin entered the bloodstream of earth. And everything began to be messy. And the rest of the Bible from Genesis 3 on tells us how God has stepped into our world in different ways to try to help us clean up the sludge that God has waded in. In Christ, he has waded in completely. He walked our dirty earth, put his toes in the mud and into the mud of our lives and begin to clean up the mess of sin and what is done to us. As we go into this verse today, I was thinking about you and me and perhaps we might walk to the basement together with the hand of the Lord Jesus, with the hand of God to say, our world is not the way it should be. Will you help us? As we look at the commandments, This is one of the ways that God said, I want to create a different world. And he was telling these slaves, these former slaves, I want you to demonstrate God's love. I want you to show what an ordered society looks like. So he gives them these, what we call the Ten Commandments. And the first four are about how we love God put God first, don't make idols. Remember his name, carry it well. Remember the Sabbath, take one day a week and trust God and remember your maker, remember your creator and rest. And then he turns the corner. Now in the New Testament, Jesus sums up all the commandments in two. Do you remember this? He says, there really are only two commandments and on these two hang all the law and the prophets. He says in Matthew 22. And the first part of it is what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus summarizes all the commandments in two. Love God, love people. So here in the commandments in number five, we turn the corner toward loving people. It's interesting that God begins by helping us to love people, not with loving people on the other side of the world, not with loving the neighbor next door who lets his dog do things on our lawn, but with our first relationship. Interesting, isn't it? Honor your father and your mother. For some of us, this isn't hard. We have basically good memories. My dad wasn't perfect. My mom is not perfect. Uh, Well, I'm not going to say that. She's in the room. (laughs) Love you, mom. But generally speaking, we think, okay, I can honor my mom and dad. I know they weren't perfect, but I've got some good memories, pancakes on Saturday morning, taco Tuesday. Them taking me to the ball game now and then. You know, things like that that we can be grateful for, but for many of us in a growing part of our society, this seems impossible. Like, God, are you kidding me? Do you know about the dysfunction in my life? Do you know about the dysfunction in the world? Do you know about abuse? Do you know about abandonment? Do you know about absentee fathers? And yet, God says here to these former slaves, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. Now, as a result, our pop view in our culture would say, that's for another time and another place. This obviously just doesn't apply anymore. We need to forget this. So what do we do? We we put honor other places. We honor our pets. We honor Taylor Swift. Lord, help the chiefs. We honor celebrities and politicians. Or, or we do this, we turn the commandment completely upside down and we say, honor your children that it may go well with you. And yet he says here without, he doesn't give us exceptions. He doesn't say, honor your mother and father if they were good people. He says, honor your father and mother that it may go well. Well, how does this work in 21st century? Maybe there's a, a father in the room, you're like, oh boy, all right, I'm texting my son right now to tell him, are you listening? Here's the link. Honor your father and mother. Or maybe there's a mom thinking about that. No, man, don't, don't do that. I want us to first look inside ourselves. Ask yourself, okay, what does this have to do with me? Some of you, your kids are grown and you say, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. I think we can still learn. What is God's heart behind this? What is he trying to tell us? Why would he ask us? Why would he say, okay, when we talk about loving people, we want to start with parents? Why would he do that? He would do that because God loves family. Parenting was God's idea. If, it, if this wasn't his plan, I mean, he could have just let us be born, you know, kind of drop out of heaven. Bam, here we are. I know some of us think that that's the way we came. But as Kelly Capek says in his wonderful book, You're Only Human, he says, next time you're in the shower, look down and see that little mark right there that says you are permanently connected to humanity. That belly button that some of you can't find after Christmas. (laughs) What is that? That's a marker that says we're not self-made. As much as we would like to think so. As much as we would like to think I am who I wanna be. No. This right here tells us that there was a point when there was a mom, you may have not even known her, but she carried you for nine months. She went through morning sickness. She went through labor. And then when you were born, she changed your diaper. I heard that fed you you couldn't feed yourself so this is a reminder that we are human it takes humility for us to admit that i was reading how a one md medical doctor graduated harvard really smart guy figured out the the statistics on the chance of you being born Now, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about, but I thought it was interesting. One in 10 to the 2,685,000th. In other words, your chance of being born is basically zero. (laughs) Now, his point, he would say, so considering this, you're a miracle, so go and live like you are a miracle, Well, that sort of sounds right. I mean, yeah, the chances of you being born, very slim to none, but is that it? Is that what we should dwell on? Should we just consider, hey, We're just a bunch of atoms floating around and because of the laws of science, here we are. No motive behind it, it just happened. Strong people got with strong people, beautiful people with more beautiful people. Do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight and bam, here we are. (laughs) Is that it? We honor God by honoring this truth, my friends. God created you through parents. We don't like that. We in this age are being self-made. We don't like the genes that we've been given. I, I was given genes to give me skinny white legs and a bald head. And there's some days I'm like, God, couldn't you have done better than this? Some of you may feel that way. You look in the mirror and say, we gotta do something about this. So you do F3 and you put Mary Kay on it and you get on the treadmill. Good, good, good. But you're still you. So if we forget this, if we forget to honor the fact that we are human, then we stop being humble. We stop seeing that God knew what he was doing when he made you. I'm so glad God made you, by the way. All the unique people that we have in our church. I'm so glad everybody's not the same. I'm glad you're not like me. I'm glad that you're you. So you may not feel that way, but this is what we need to understand when we think about honoring parents. So God says, do this. Did you catch the promise in verse 12? Do this, that it may go well with you. So this is the New Testament version, the Apostle Paul writing in Ephesians chapter six, children obey your parents in the Lord, this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So God's giving this to former slaves. And he's saying, I want life to go well with you. The general trajectory of your, this is not a promise that if you honor mom and dad, you're going to live to be a hundred. But it is saying that generally speaking, a society that honors its parents, is going to go well. God makes this promise. Some of us look at it and we go, well, that was Old Testament. We don't live by the Old Testament anymore. Jesus affirmed all the commandments in the New Testament except one, and that was the law of the Sabbath. And that was because Jesus fulfilled the law of the Sabbath. He commended the Sabbath as a gift to us, as we learned last time. And he says in the, right here in this verse, here's the promise that it may go well with you. Let me ask a question. Is it going well with us? I mean in America. Our family's flourishing. Are we doing well? I'm asking us this morning, I've been asking myself this week, what if this is part of the cure? Let's face it, for about 60 years, Since the 1960s, we've been telling our parents what an awful job they did. This is pretty much the the tone. You screwed up this world. You're the problem. And I'm asking, is that getting us anywhere? Are we better? I say no. I think part of our issues as a society could be traced to this. Honor your father and your mother. So the question is, how do we do this? Yeah. How do we do this? Well, I think it starts with where the apostle Paul starts. Number one for children, you're still at home. It's the O word. Obey. I know we've kind of forgotten this. We kind of think, you know, the children are the grown-ups now and they're supposed to decide everything they want. Do you want ice cream or chicken for dinner? He don't know. You got to tell him what he needs. This is, this is part of obedience. So I know some of the children in your room that are grown, you know, my parents are so dumb, they don't get it. It's like Mark Twain said, it was amazing how smart my parents became when I turned 20. Isn't it true? Like some of the things that we thought were where our parents were off was that we grew up and they go, wow, they weren't so dumb after all. So the way that we show honor as children is to obey. Secondly, as an adult child, what do we do? Well, we don't obey anymore, but what do we do? We, we give honor. So this word honor means to give credence to or give props to and we can do that by listening and caring for the basic needs of life, not their wishes. So it's, it is a problem when grown children are still obeying their parents and when parents are still exerting that kind of authority. You know, it's just kind of sad for, to hear about the guy who's 32 years old and his mom is still washing his clothes. Still calling him every morning, did you brush your teeth? How late did you stay out last? Come on, dog. It's, <laughs> you, need to, you need to move on. Or, or a girl who prefers her daddy over her husband. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us honor your parents by doing everything they want after a certain point. It doesn't say make your parents your best friend. It doesn't say your happiness is their happiness is your responsibility. No. But honor. Sometimes that means listen. It doesn't mean that you have to do it, but you listen. So just say, I've never thought about that like that. That's all you gotta do. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 15. The challenge and the problem of not doing that and how the religious people during Jesus' time were saying, hey, you don't need to do that. And Jesus says, no, God says, honor your father and mother, but you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. So he was acknowledging that there were religious people that were saying, I don't need to take care of you because I've already given it to God. He says, no. He affirms the responsibility that we have to honor our parents. So, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. How do you honor a dishonorable parent? Yeah, how do we do that? So parent who abused you, abandoned you. How do you do it if you were abandoned and you were adopted? These are great questions. And I was just offered, just as your brother in Christ here, to say that here's four ways that I was thinking about. I think, number one, to, to practice gratitude and grief. Sometimes we make these exclusive. You say, you're either you can be grateful or you can grieve over what happened to you. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think we can do both. I think we can grieve over what happened to us, the ways that our parents weren't there, the ways that our parents may have taken advantage of us. Some of you, your parent put all of their friendship weight, all of their need for friendship, they put it on you and that wasn't fair. So what do we do? We grieve over that. But not only do we grieve over it, we also practice gratitude for what was right. What was good? Thank God, according to this, God, somebody carried me for nine months. Thank you, God, somebody changed my diaper. Thank you, God, somebody fed me when I couldn't feed myself. I mean, I'm just trying to help us think about ways that we can be grateful. Secondly, we honor dishonorable parents when we set boundaries. It's an honorable thing. Hear me, friend. It's an honorable thing to sometimes tell your parents they can't come over your house. Someone who is destructive or says things or hurtful things to your children, it's okay to put space. It's an honorable thing sometimes for parents to be in jail because they could hurt people. They could hurt themselves. So if you haven't read the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud, must read for you. Everybody needs to have healthy boundaries with parents. We honor our parents by setting healthy boundaries. Thirdly, we remember grace and forgive. This is a hard one, isn't it? How do we remember grace? We remember that we're sinners too, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I too have sinned. So we remember grace and we forgive. Now, what is forgiveness? I've talked about this a lot in past messages. Let me just remind us of a few things, what forgiveness is and what it isn't. It means surrendering the right to revenge, to get even. I give that to God. I give the vengeance to God. God, you will repay. You're just. You will do what is right. I give that to God. Forgiveness and reconciliation aren't the same thing. Secondly, so sometimes we forgive, but we can't have a relationship. But forgiveness is different than reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people. Forgiveness takes one, you. So we forgive, we choose to forgive. Thirdly, here's why we must forgive. We often repeat what we will not forgive. All my friends, if I could spare you some pain. When we do not forgive, we tend to hold on to that and we repeat the cycle. I've seen it in people. I've seen daughters that say, my mom was never there for me. She put herself above her kids and she put her lovers above her kids and I hate her for it and what does the daughter do? She repeats the same cycle. The way out is to forgive. We we honor dishonorable parents when we forgive. Fourthly, respect the role. In the military, they have something they call salute the uniform. And what does that mean? It means that you honor the position, not necessarily the person. We honor God by honoring our parents because God is our father. Father. And when we honor God, we're showing our children how to honor parents. And when we don't do that, our kids will repeat what we do, not what we say. So how we talk about our parents, our kids will talk about us. So we, re- we respect the role. We honor God the Father when we honor our parents. In my opinion, Finding Nemo is the best movie of all time. Did you know it's the best-selling DVD of all times? Isn't that amazing? I wonder why. I wonder if it's because it speaks to something that's deep in our hearts. There's like a homing signal in us that this speaks to. So there's this scene at the end, those of you that have been under a rock and you've never seen it, uh, Marlon is a clownfish and he's a daddy and he's got a son named Nemo. Nemo gets kidnapped and he ends up in a dentist's office on the other side of the world in an aquarium. Well, daddy doesn't know this, but he swims the seven seas and faces down sharks and goes through all these things to try to get to his son. And he finally gets to his son who has escaped from the aquarium. He's on the bottom of the ocean, gasping for air. And he sees his son a long way off and he starts swimming really fast and he gets to him and Nemo is still alive, but he's gasping for air. And his daddy says, oh, son, daddy's here you're going to be okay. Nemo looks up and he's coughing, which I haven't figured out how you cough in the ocean, but he does. (laughs) Daddy, I don't hate you. And let me just say, if you don't get a lump in your throat when you watch that, you're dead. Just go ahead and face it. You're dead. (laughs) Why? Why does that, why does that get to us? I think it's because of this. As deep in our hearts, we want to know that if we're lost, somebody will come looking for us. Here's the good news. Somebody did. You have a father in heaven who came down the basement stairs, walked in our sludge in the person of Jesus Christ. And he tells us in Luke 15, he says, here's what your father in heaven is like. He's like the shepherd who has one lost sheep who will go anywhere, expend any means to make sure that he gets his lost sheep home. He says, here's what the father is like. He's like a father who had a son who went on a long journey, but when he came home, he ran to meet him. That's what your father is like. He is the running father. He's the shepherd who has one lost sheep who is lost. And he's the father who's looking for you. There's some of us in the room, some of you, It's like you had such a poor example of what a loving father is. I want you to know God knows that. And he wants to say to you, I'll be the father you never had. Psalm 27 and 10 says, though my mother and father forsake me, you will take me in. Oh, that's good. For some of us, some of you in the room, it's like God's still healing that part of you. You're safe in God's arms. He cares about that. But what about for the rest of us? Some of us who, we had decent relationships with our parents, what do we do? Maybe it means writing a note. Maybe it's hard to talk to them. Maybe you write a note and say, hey, thanks for, and you itemize what good you can be grateful for. Be grateful. Maybe it means to listen to the same story over and over. Maybe it means to make sure that they have the basic necessities of life, food, shelter, and clothing. I had one dad that came up to me after the first service. He said, you forgot the part where your kids are supposed to give you a lot of money. (laughs) But what do we do? We take care of them. For those of you that have been really hurt by parents, what do you do? I just suggest to you, be grateful for what you can. Grieve over what you lost. Remember grace. Remember forgiveness. Create healthy boundaries. And remember that you have a Father in heaven who loves you as perfect in all of his ways. Amen. I know we've touched on some things today, but let's turn to our Father in heaven who's perfect in all of his ways. Would you stand with me? Let's sing this. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.